Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. That's right, it's the Riverside Roundup. Uh, it's just me and Paul this week, but that doesn't stop the uh, the fantastic football content. We've got news, we've got a uh, roundup of last week's games, we've got predictions for the week, and uh, I once again try my hand at beating the jock. Um, I encourage anybody to uh, to get involved, whether you want to come on and be our guest co-host, if you want to try your hand at beating the jock, if you want to have a go at predicting the games, drop us a line, let us know. All the information can be uh, can be got from uh, from the website cookiecast.com if you're watching us on youtube do subscribe and if you're already subscribing get a friend or a family member to do the same it's a big help if you're listening to us if you're an audio listener you can subscribe on uh, soundcloud itunes or wherever you get your podcasts it's a big help to us and we really do appreciate it so here we go this is cookiecast the Riverside Roundup. Right then. Just me and thee this week. Sometimes there's loads of people here. Sometimes it's just us. It's just us. Tell you something, part of me feels like we should be doing like uh, like a monthly NFL podcast because uh, there's all sorts of goings on there. Julian Edelman. Yeah, I always I always feel like we should, we could we could potentially do one around the draft, mm. but I don't know. I think I think it would take us knowing a lot more about college football mm. for us to have a proper impact on actually doing a draft one. Well, it's something to think about for the future, anyway. Um, obviously, at this particular point on the uh, on the audio on the video feed, there's probably some there who were who were tuning in thinking, "Oh, are they doing Oasis cast or something like that?" Based on the fact that I'm wearing what appears to be a shell suit or something like that. Um, and uh, yes, I know this is the Riverside Roundup podcast, and welcome along, everybody. Um, it's your weekly instalment of football-based nonsense, but. Um, I've uh, I've just just returned from the uh, the wide world of, uh, of, a, of a round of foot golf, um, and uh, I haven't had a haven't had a chance to take off my uh, my my leisure jacket. So tonight's Riverside Roundup will uh, will 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 be represented by uh, the, the team that is currently top of the national league. So a little bit of representing to uh, to the mighty uh, Hartlepool United. Who were looking to make their return to the football league after a few seasons away? So really, up the polls. Mm. Absolutely. So yes. Sorry, that was probably oh, that, a ter- uh, that was probably a terrible time to that, take a sip. Absolutely not. I think uh, before we do it, before we do it, so normally any other business comes at the end of the podcast. Let's get the any other business out of the way right now. What was in that cup? It's it. I'm I'm probably better off just telling you, and then I can get rid of all of the rest. It's a uh, iced caramel macchiato, and honestly, I, I'm so conflicted whilst drinking it because it's absolute. So here's what happened: I got sent one. Um, like ages and ages and ages ago, uh, I ordered um, coffees to be delivered. I think this was at the point that we were like, you couldn't go out for anything. So I ordered coffees to be delivered. And when the order came, it was wrong. And in there was an iced caramel macchiato. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Other than drink it, obviously. Which I did, and it was an absolute game changer. And since then, I'm I'm all over them. Now I'm so conflicted by this because they're delicious, and I hate Starbucks. So a little bit of a little bit of an issue. Anyway, 
What we like to do here on the Riverside Roundup, as Paul correctly pointed out, that's why we're here. Uh, we like to talk football. Uh, and our first segment is a segment known as This Week in Football. And this is the point where I take both of these and I cross them firmly tight and I pray that we don't have to talk about any racism. And then Paul makes that face, which tells me that my, this, this, my prayers are not answered, I'm guessing. Yes, it's, it's, not, it's not your lucky week, unfortunately. But, However, this is... I don't want to say a more positive thing, because it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but the, 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 the hint of racism, or the element of racism that we are talking about, is in response to... Um, uh, an act of accused um, racial behaviour. So, again, this is from Sky Sports. Um, doo -doo -doo. Slavia Prague player Andre Kudela, I've probably butchered that name as it's spelled O-N-D-R-E-J. So it could be, I'm assuming it's a, it's, I, I don't know what nationality that gentleman is, but, um, he plays for Slavia Prague, uh, as discussed, uh, and they played against Rangers in a Europa League match on the March the 18th. Um, Glenn Kamara alleged he was racially abused by Andre Cudella during Rangers' Europa League match against Slavia Prague on March 18th. Cudella has been given a 10-match ban. So... 10-match ban by UEFA. Slavia Pride defender Andre Cudella has been given a 10-match ban by UEFA for racist behaviour towards Rangers midfielder Glenn Kamara, who will serve a three-game suspension. Now, that's not... He's not been given a three-game suspension because of the fact that he's been racially abused. Obviously, that would just be stupid. Um, he's been given the suspension because of how he... Um, he apparently assaulted the man in the tunnel afterwards. So it's, he's obviously been suspended for his reaction, which, if it turns out it was racist, then is absolutely justified, you'd say, because there's no room for that in the game at all. So, um, Cadella had been provisionally suspended for one match as UEFA opened a disciplinary proceedings, uh, proceedings sorry, which ruled the Czech Republic international out of Slavia's 1-1 draw at Arsenal last week. He will now be ineligible for the next nine games played by either his club in Europe or his country, including this summer's European Championships. So, he's basically screwed. Probably serves him right if he's a dirty racist bastard. Um, as it stands, Cadella will miss the remainder of Slavia Prague's Europe, Europa League campaign. They play the second leg of the quarterfinal tie against Arsenal on Thursday night plus at least five matches at Euro 2020, including the Czech Republic's group games against Scotland and England. Kamara has been suspended for three games after he was found guilty of assaulting Cadella after the match at Ibrox. His ban only covers UEFA club competitions, meaning he will be eligible to represent Finland at the European Championships. So, obviously, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. It should, it should, we shouldn't be sitting here talking about, you know, players that have suffered racist abuse again um, but it is good that UEFA are getting proactive with handing out punishments that fit the crimes and stuff like that so yeah. obviously there'll be there's an argument that, that a 10 game ban isn't enough it should be you know 50 games or whatever it, it should it, it, the, the punishments need to be harsh or harsh enough that the players realise that it's not acceptable anymore to be and, saying and, these words and saying these things. Yeah, and this is the so, and this is the thing that that it keeps coming back to that it, it kind of feels like at this point in time the punishment should be wildly almost to a ridiculous level. Like you say, if he'd have got a fifty game ban, that that could potentially be like a career ending ban, depending where you are in your career, how many actual games you've got left in you, and so on and so forth. And it needs to have that trickle down effect. It needs to look towards the other players or other people who, uh, 
it's how to word it, but basically anybody who might be in a position or might be in a situation where that might be their go-to move, stop and think for one minute and go, do you know something? I can't afford for my career to be over at this point in time. You know, financially at least. And does anybody want to be the the footballer who had an amazing career until they were they basically lost their job because they said the wrong thing to the wrong person? It needs to be, you know, it needs to be that level. And, you know, yeah. each week we go through this, let's not talk about it, oh, but we have to talk about it this week because it's happened again. You know, it, it's it's weak. It's a weekly occurrence. And every week I'm, si- I'm sitting here saying to you, they need to be doing more. Now, admittedly, this does feel a lot like a step in the right direction. That's, you know, that... I I can't say I remember a t- uh, I remember hearing anything about as big a ban as this. But the next question is: Is it enough? Are we yeah, going to be sitting here next that's week? The thing. And I suppose it's about from from like UEFA's perspective, it's got to be about setting a precedent where right, this has happened enough. Now we're not we're not going to tolerate it. It's getting to the point where, like, as a minimum, it needs to be so many games, or it's a six-month ban, or it's a year ban, or whatever. And then it's a case of that's that's the precedent. If it happens again, you're going to get that at least, if not more. Yeah. And then that's the only way it's gonna, that's the only way it's going to be stamped out. And so that is is the the players need to know that it's you know it's it. You can take your chances and say the things if you want, but if you get caught doing it, and and it and it should have it, it should maybe be, it should maybe be a situation where player individual players are penalised in particular ways, but then that should then also you know have a knock on effect for the club. You know, the club should be paying fines, and it should just be put into a position where it's just not worth it. It's just not worth doing it on any level. And then it, in theory, will stop. Once it reaches a level where yeah. where where a person is like, I could say this, I could do that, but the the, the repercussions of it are that great that it's just not worth it. I'll just leave it alone and I'll just walk away. Fingers crossed. They'll they'll keep up in it until it stops. Uh, it does, you know, it does seem to be going that way, um, which is, is you know, it is an improvement. Um, but like I say, you know, week in, week out, we're still having the same conversation. Anything else from this week in the uh, in the football world? Yeah, there's been a confirmation of the ticket situation for the League Cup final. I'm just trying to find the exact details. So I think they've said there was going to... Yes, here we go. Manchester City will play Tottenham in the Carabao Cup final April the 25th at Wembley. Up to 8,000 spectators will be allowed to attend as the game will be used as a test event before the full return of fans to stadiums. So those 8,000 tickets will be divvied out as follows. So it will be 2,000 each will go to Man City supporters and Tottenham supporters. Um, With the proviso as well that all supporters will need to provide proof of a negative lateral flow coronavirus test within 24 hours of the match. So that's good. Obviously, they're, they're taking the... They're taking the next steps to, to do the, the testing and things like that. So obviously, I didn't know whether they do testing like that or whether they just do the like the temperature heat scan. Yeah. Um, before they came into the into the ground, but obviously they're having to do these lateral flow tests. Obviously, within twenty four hours makes it a bit ambiguous, and you'd hope that potentially then be the yeah heat scan again. Um, when they get there, just to be on the safe side. The remaining 4,000 tickets for the game on April 25th are be to split between groups including Brent residents, that's where Wembley is situated, and NHS staff. 
Nice. Fans will need to send off for a PCR COVID-19 test to take it home as close as possible to the game and take another test within five days after the match. So that's that's covered them, I suppose. So it covers them before the game and it covers them after the game is finished so they're able to sort of check and see where they're at throughout the stage. Um, they will also need to travel to a lateral flow testing site for a further test before the match. Proof of a negative result of a lateral flow test will be needed to gain entry to Wembley and also to access either of the public transport options being provided for travel to London from the northwest. So it does sound like they've not just thrown the uh, the tickets out and stuff like that and thought, right, we'll we'll use this as like a bit of a, um, a a quick hatchet job and we'll just see if it sort of like works out for the best. They've obviously put a lot of thought into it. Um, Yeah, so hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll go off without a hitch and then that opens up the FA Cup final to obviously hopefully you'd you'd imagine they'll have maybe 15,000 fans in attendance or something like that. Increase it to to like a a workable number and then if if it gets to that point, if, if they've agreed to have up to, say, 25% of the stadium capacity filled for the European Championship games, that, that puts them to about 22,500, something like that. Which, obviously, in Wembley is... I mean, like, 8,000 people in Wembley is going to be... The sound's just going to get swallowed by the sort of the arena that's there. You've been to Wembley before, haven't you? I have been to... I was going to say, uh, I've been to Wembley and... Uh... I, I high fived uh, the gods while I was there because I was in the second to last row, and and uh, I went I went for the NFL and and the people were literally that big. It's it, it, it's it's massive, and all I can think is eight thousand people. It's going to be like, hello, is anybody there? Hello, hello. But so, like you say, it's, it a, it's a step in the right direction, isn't it? It is, and to put it in perspective, so the. The stadium itself holds 90,000 people. With the segregation that was put into half the fans for the 2015 playoff final between Norwich and the Mighty Borough. The Borough. This this was the scene. Oh. Can you tell... Oh. Wowzer. In a message at the time. Can you see which half is which? Just about, yeah. <laughs> So I was so I was up in the uh, the top tier, as you say, in the gods, mm. so to speak. Um, so yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they set it up. Um, I would imagine they'll probably tarp off the top, the top tier, not use the middle tiers, and just use the bottom tier, and maybe have pockets of, say, they'll work out the. Ticket section for like people who've gone there is like families, and I imagine they'd have like pockets of up to say four people at a time. Yeah, in each section. Um, but yeah, like I say, see how that one goes. See how the FA Cup final goes, and then obviously the Euros will start in June. Hopefully, we should be uh, we should be back to more. I mean, the, of a... the the plan is to be back to normal by then, isn't it? So yeah, well, I think is it? I think is it is it June that all the restrictions are lifted anyway? Yeah. So, so theoretically, they'll just, yeah, they'll just open the yeah. doors, won't they? Yeah, fingers crossed. Cool beans. All moving forward. Anything else from the last mm. week? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing matters that's like jumps off the page to me. Obviously, there's been there's been games. There's been um, happenings in in the world of football as as usual, but nothing. Nothing that really jumps off the page of them. As, as we'll get to in a minute, Borough being shit. Um, but, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not great when your team win, when when your team loses. It's not great when your team loses. But if only there was a way to just claw back a bit of dignity. Like some way that you could still save face. I don't know, like... Like almost, almost if like something happened last week... That was then repeated this... I mean, anyway, let's have a look at what the games did last week. And uh, I'm sure there's absolutely no connection there whatsoever. So, um, speaking of Middlesbrough, um, there was only two games to predict. 
So just two chances to try and get the, uh, try and get, I don't know, correct, correct scores, let's say. Um, Middlesbrough took on Barnsley. Barnsley. Um, and, yeah, well, let, let, let's, let's get it out of the way, shall we? What was the score in the Middlesbrough-Barnsley game? So, as some people on the podcast may have predicted, it, the game finished Barnsley 2, mm. Middlesbrough 0. It's interesting that, because uh, some of us were like, yeah, Middlesbrough have got this in the bag, so 1-0 uh, to Middlesbrough. That that's not the case, uh, but as you, as you have correctly pointed out, um, other other members of the podcast went uh, went with a two nil to Barnsley, going against their own team, and and scored themselves two points for a correct prediction. Obviously, the points end there. There are no more points to be had, unless I correctly predicted the Middlesbrough. Oh wait, no. Oh no, that's not right, is it? Um, obviously, we'll just we'll just skim over it. Who was it that scored the Barnsley goals? Uh, I believe, I believe Andrew, that it was Alex Mowat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Annoyingly, mm-hmm. just to, just to sort of uh, before we go for the second goal scorer, the first goal was scored direct from a corner. Not great goalkeeping by uh, Marcus Bettinelli. Um, who is on loan from Fulham and is out of contract with Fulham at the end of the season. And I would imagine there are large pockets of Middlesbrough supporters who hope that he is not picked up by Middlesbrough. But I think there is a distinct possibility that we may see him again next season in some form, shape or fashion. But let's let's hope not. He's, He's... He's towards the bottom of save percentage in the championship, which is never a good thing as a goalkeeper. Um, And if you're getting beaten direct from a corner, you probably should work on your positioning quite, quite quickly. Um, So that was the Alex Mowat scored the first goal. The second goal was scored by their very, very much informed striker, Daryl DK. Hmm. Interesting. Um, before we cover off anything that might have happened about that, um, what I will say at this point in time is anybody out there that, that's listening along, that likes to get involved, even watching along, I encourage you to uh, go to Twitter, give Paul Williams a little follow because uh, you can always tell when Middlesbrough are doing well because Paul's all over Twitter. You know, giving it, giving it all of that, he's re- he really loves it when Middlesbrough are doing well. I knew that things would gone wrong when uh, when the, t- the the tweets started. Um, it's interesting you mentioned those two names because those just so happened to be the two people that you predicted were going to score. So where you, where you started with a correct score prediction, you also picked both of the goal scorers. Uh, two two weeks running, I believe that's. I think at this point in time, you need to be getting yourself set up as one of those. Uh, you know, prediction gurus who, you know, get paid for predictions and stuff. Because uh, if you take the last two weeks, 100%. 100%. Uh, yes, uh, you you took four points out of that game. All all the available points you, you took. Um, I, on the other hand, didn't get a single point. That's right. Can't 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 predict a game to save my life, and I also can't pick any goal scorers. So uh, I will not be setting myself up as a uh, as a as a football guru at any time in the near future. Um, little refresher of the way we do things: we like to cast our eyes forward to the future and look at what Middlesbrough might face further down the line by seeing who they're playing next and predicting their current games. Little bit of a weird one this week. I'm jumping ahead a little, but 
we have to go we have to go back in time to get the game it, it was very strange like Middlesbrough play here but to get the game that we needed we have to get the one from here and it was uh, very confusing so Queen's Park Rangers QPR to their friends took on Sheffield Wednesday um now I know I'm not going to ruin anything this this isn't a spoiler Obviously, you went back, you listened or watched last week's. Um, and you know that I, I had a lot of faith in Sheffield Wednesday. Not so much of the faith in the in the, in the Queen's Park Rangers. Um, and not to ruin anything, but uh, Paul was a little on the fence. So, what was the score in this game? Uh, Paul was incorrect to be on the fence, as uh, this was what can only be described as a thumping Queen's Park Rangers win. I think I was slightly on the fence because uh, not too not too long before this, Sheffield Wednesday had pumped Cardiff five 0 Yeah. So I was thinking, hang on a second, what's going wrong here? Uh, but yeah, uh, QPR won four one against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I can give you the score straight off the bat if you'd like. Please. So we've got uh, Lyndon Dykes scored two. Uh, there was also a goal for Stefan Johansson and Chris Willock for QPR. And the Sheffield Wednesday retort as such came from Josh Windass. So, uh, we already know that, that nobody's getting any points out of this game for, uh, for predictions on the, on the old scores. Obviously, you did get one of the goal scorers. Uh, so, so, points there. Neither of us got the Sheffield Wednesday goal scorer. So, you know, one point out of that game. So, uh, you finished the week. Five points. And I, true to form, finished the week with a big fat bagel. Honestly, the fact that I am allowed anywhere near a football podcast is an insult to the game. I should be taken out back and shot through the head several times. Nonsense. However, a new week brings new opportunities for me to get zero points and Paul to correctly predict not only the scores, but the goal scorers. We have four mighty games this week. Um, I have, I believe, and you know, I don't want to don't jump too far into it, but uh, I believe I have picked the four games in question. However... It, it it's not very often I get them right. I have then gone through those games, written my predictions into the book, which that then allows Paul to just rattle through what he thinks is going to happen. We're going to start with Middlesbrough football. And what might come as a surprise to some people is it's Middlesbrough versus Queen's Park Rangers. Paul... What do you think is happening in this game? If you'd have asked me about two weeks ago, I'd have said, hmm, potentially with a chance of making the playoffs, five games to go, win all five, go into the playoffs, raring to go and, you know, really on a bit of a tear and stuff like that. And then they, for want of a better phrase, shat the bed. So... We're basically at the point now where there's five games to go and nothing to play for. Mathematically, they can still get in the playoffs, but it would take a catastrophic collapse. (laughs) Similar to what Borough did two seasons ago, actually, at the point where I said it would take a catastrophic collapse for Borough not to make the playoffs. Um, So it would take a, yeah, it would take a fuck-up of Borough slash Forest proportions for Barnsley or Bournemouth not to make the playoffs and Borough getting in their place now. Um, so they're kind of just playing out the last five games. There's been a lot of talk on uh, Twitter where people have said, there's nothing left to play for. Warnock should use these last five games just to basically use the young players in the squad, have an idea of 
who he wants in the squad for next season. Look at what he's got. So there's a young goalkeeper called Sol Brin, who's in the uh, who's come through the academy. The idea would be to have a quick look at him, see if he's up to the task, see if he if he would be a, a shot have a shot at being the keeper for next season, the first choice keeper. I mean, if they lose the games, there's absolutely it's not going to matter at all for. I mean, it's they're not gonna they're not gonna go down. They've got too many points to go down. Um, they're obviously not gonna get in the playoffs, so they might as well take the chance and have a look at these players, basically. Um, so QPR feel like they've they've hit a bit of a stride at the minute as well. So unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go for a, a two-one win for QPR. I think. Mm. Who have you got scoring those goals? Uh, I will go. I'm trying to think who's not injured for Borough at the minute and who's 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 actually getting played. Um, so I'll go for what more to score the Borough goal. Okay. And I'll go Dykes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go Dykes and Chair to score the goals for QPR. Interesting. Um, I, I don't know if anybody wants to like look back over my predictions through the past season. Uh, notice that there is a pattern, and that pattern is that I generally just stick Middlesbrough down to win. Might have something to do with why I can't seem to get any points out of games, but... Let's not dwell on that one. Um, I have gone with a Middlesbrough win. I've gone with a 1-0. Unfortunately, at this point in time, now I'm like, I'm almost definitely going to have picked somebody who's not playing or who's injured. But I've gone for Morsi. Injured. Out for, out for the rest of the season. Change it. Change it. Change your pick. Two these days. He's out of contract at the end of the season. Okay. They've already said he's not having. A, there's not. They're not going to renew his contract. So he'll be leaving at the end of the season. Now, there's always. There was always like talk of like that they basically just wouldn't play him between now and the end of the season, and then he came on against Barnsley, so that's now all up. That's all out the out of the out in the air. So he, he might he might play, but I would imagine that Warnock probably won't play him unless he absolutely has to. It's all right. I'll put him down in the book to score a goal. Cosh Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't you? Why would I not do that? Let's move on swiftly before I change my mind. So we've got uh, we've got Rotherham United going up against Birmingham City. Um, I've already gone in on this one. I've almost definitely picked uh, absolutely loads of goal scorers uh, that aren't even playing for these teams or are going to play these games or are definitely injured. But hey. Then them's the breaks. What have you got for me in this game? Uh, this is the battle of the basement dwellers, so to speak. So, very much a relegation six-pointer. Um, and as such, I will go for a share of the spoils, so to speak. So, I will go Rotherham 1, Birmingham City 1. It's also dawned on me... Um, all of these games are being played at like 12.30 on Saturday or Sunday because, obviously, in the time of his recordings since last week, Prince Philip has died. Yeah. So, and his funeral will take place at 3pm on Saturday. So uh, it's been agreed that no no sport will take place at the time to, to, to clash with it. So the Middlesbrough game would have normally kicked off at three on Saturday. It's been moved to twelve thirty on Saturday afternoon. Okay. 
This, this, however, is being played on Sunday at 12pm. Mm. Um, okay, goal scorers. Do you know what? It's been a while since I've been able to say this, but can, I, can you put me down for a casual, wingy banger, please? For... Rotherham. I mean, if he scores a casual, wingy, own goal banger, that'd be amazing. Okay. For Birmingham, I'll go for Jutkovic. Let me guess, you may have also picked that gentleman to score. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. It's not like I've gone with a 1-1 with (laughs) Crooks and Jutkovic to score those goals. So, you know, it's almost like we, we conferred on that. So that's like the first half of the of the predictions done. We've got more though. Well, oh yes, monies, well, monies. So your Middlesbrough one nil at thirteen to two, and your one one draw at five to one gives you a double of forty four to one. Well, that's not bad. I feel good about that. Whereas. Prizes for anyone who knows what that's from listening to the podcast. Uh, Whereas I went for Middlesbrough 1, QPR 2. That was 10 to 1. And then again, I've gone 1 1, so that's 5 to 1. So it gives me a double of 65 to 1. Interesting. And, don't want to be that guy, but no odds for next week's game, so can only put the bets on for this one. No, that's to be, to be expected, I believe. Mm. Uh, but we can, we can predict those games, and those games look a lot like this. We've got Rotherham United again. This time they take on the mighty Borough. Um, I've already written something down. It's a, it's a score. Probably won't happen. It's a goal scorer. Probably not playing. What do you think this game's going to look like? So, earlier in the season, Rotherham very, very rudely came to the Riverdance and put three past us. Three. So, I think it's only fair that we dish it back out to them. So, three I mean, goals. This, this is definitely more hopeful rather than a sensible pick, but put me down for a three-nil Middlesbrough win. Do it. Just, just nonsense. Absolute nonsense. This coming from a man who has had two weeks on the bounce, where he's correctly predicted not only scores but goal scorers. Yeah, but you know. So, can you find three Middlesbrough players? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Um, I'll go for a goal each for Balassi, Cabano and Akpom. Poor old Chubba. So, I've had I've I've had Middlesbrough down to win this. Just a one niller. Uh however, I've gone with Tavernier, who I'm imagining you're gonna tell me isn't playing. I think he's touching go at the minute. He's he's, he's... He's, he was injured for a few weeks, and that was about a week or so ago. I'll have a look. I'll have a look and see if there's anything, any sort of update on him on the official website. News. News. While you look that up, I'm going to tell these lovely people about our other game that needs to be predicted. Uh, the other game is a, a game between Sheffield Wednesday. Seem to be popping up a little bit these days. They're going up against Blackburn Rovers. I have already predicted said game. Uh, so I'm just going to need Paul to tell me what do you think is going to happen in this game? Well, 
Hmm. Well, 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 wellity, wellity, wellity. the opposite to me because I've gone 1-0 to Sheffield Wednesday Windass interesting Windass uh, any any update on Tav I can't find anything I, I would err on the side of pick again personally because I don't so, I think he's the, because, there's, because there's nothing really to play for if, if I was Warnock I would be more inclined to not risk him let give him more time to recover, yeah. and then just what let, him, let him loose, go hell for the next season. What I've done is I've written another goal scorer down. Uh, that goal scorer is one of one of the ones you've also gone for because I haven't written Chuba down enough in my life. Nice. What and we'll do that. What we'll do is we'll agree that if it turns out that Tavernier plays and scores, you can have the point. And if Chubba scores, and if Chubba plays and scores, you can have the point as well. Yeah, I think I think it's only fair because you know, let's face it, it's probably the only points I'm going to get this week. Of course, you know, course. Double, double dipping to get points, absolutely my style. Now then, that this sound signifies the end of the prediction section of the podcast. Um, honestly, at this point in time, I cannot stress this enough. If uh, if you like a little flutter. And uh, you listen to the podcast, take what Paul's predicted, write those down on a betting slip, get it into your local bookie, get yourself a fiver on it, and uh, yeah, sit with your feet up and enjoy the football. Obviously, if you don't win any money, um, you know, feel free to contact him personally and, uh, and, and get that money back. Mm. No? Well, that was a standing standing offer. I mean, so <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. This is the bit where I attempt to take on the Goliath of football knowledge, the Titan. The Cookie Cast Riverside Roundup Jock. Paul Williams has an extensive knowledge, an extensive knowledge of football to the to the point where he's actually taken down football quizzes before. It wasn't. It's it's not my fault that. People couldn't beat me. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like I should be punished. No, I. I. I, I. I fully agree with you. Let's face it. If they couldn't win, then they shouldn't have been there. I. I. I used to think. I used to think that I knew movies, and a friend of mine ran a movie quiz in Borders. That shows how long ago that was. So I rocked up like I'm absolutely going to walk this. Loads of teams, um, big big thing. First question got asked. I was like, I- "I'm in the wrong place," and it was literally. I, th- I don't even think it was like. I don't think it was like twenty questions. I think it was in the region of like fifty questions. I think I got three right, and oh. and, and never went back. I.e., I shouldn't have been there. I have a crack each and every week at trying to beat the jock. And I encourage 
anybody to have a go themselves you can contact us on twitter instagram drop us an email if you're watching on youtube drop a comment on the bottom of this video if you think that there is a gap a hole a chink in the armor get involved get a question sent in save me the job of uh of doing it of, of searching the internet high and low for things that paul will almost definitely know the answer to i already know this is the thing <clears throat> i've got a question here i already know that you know the answer that's how that's, that's how not, that's, not necessarily that's true. how difficult a job it is you can't understand the stress i go through i've got a ball patch at the back where, you know, my hair just falls out because of the amount of stress I deal with. Look, look, I've even started getting even whiter in the beard. However, I endeavour to give it a go. So this week, we're talking Champions League football. Okay. So the rules go like this. Rather than doing a quiz, rather than doing a long drawn out, you know, do you know this, do you know that? It's one question. One answer, and if the answer isn't absolutely what I've got written down here, then it's deemed that I beat the jock. It's happened. We're not saying it hasn't. It's just difficult. So we're talking Champions League football. And the question is, three people have won the Champions League a record three times as manager. Who are they? Oh, I look, that's the face I like. That's the face I like. So the question now. is, three people have won the Champions League a record three times as manager. Who are they? The way the question is worded... Does it include the European Cup? I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Look who you're asking. <laughs> so, uh, I will go with Zinedine Zidane, Carlo Ancelotti. For you audio listeners, that's uh, that's two of the three. Um, let's think out loud. I always remember. I have to. I have to, have to think to sort of. I have to remember to think out loud because it's not just me and you chatting. Yeah. Po- podcast <laughs> there's goals. Sort of like a, there's actually a point to this, uh, right? So, who, if it's just the Champions League, we're talking ninety-two onwards. Uh, that's absolutely what I was going to say. Whereas if it does include the European Cup, I think it must potentially include the European Cup. Uh and it makes me want to say Bob Paisley. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch! <sighs> yeah, yeah. See that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is how difficult it is. It's it's not impossible, but it is as close to impossible as you can possibly be. Quite frankly. <laughs> It's the I, I am coming to. Uh, I had this bumper quiz. It was a hundred questions, and I grade the questions. I, so the questions go through a system. Number one: Do I know the answer? If I do, probably probably not a good start. Number two: Does it sound like anybody who knows a little bit about football would know the answer? If the answer is yes, probably not a great start. And then number three, and this is where it sort of goes into this sort of weird realm of, does it sound just completely mental 
because that's the sort of area that I work in. Um, the problem being is that some of the most mental ones, I know you know because we've had them before. Because I've I've been there going, ah, oh, there's a oh no wait we've had that one. You know which footballer had a clause in his contract that meant he couldn't be sent into space <laughs> and stuff like that. Those are amazing questions, but we've had them before, so they can't you know they can't come up. Um, I encourage anybody to get involved. Absolutely anybody. Literally, it's it's a it's a tweet, an Instagram message, a comment on a YouTube video, a comment on a uh, on a SoundCloud uh, audio audio podcast. Any way you want to get in touch. If you're sitting at a, at a desk right now listening to this, thinking, I reckon I could do it. Find out. Give it a go. Uh, drop in drop in on the on the Twitter with a hashtag beat the jock. And give it a go. There we go. I did not beat the jock this week. I admit defeat on that one. But it does bring us to our last segment of the podcast. And the last segment of the podcast, I believe we had it at the start of the podcast, weirdly, uh, is any other business. Um, I suppose not. It's just, obviously, we, we covered it briefly. Um, just then, it was obviously this Saturday. There'll be no games at 3 o'clock. Yeah. To tally with uh, Prince Philip's funeral, mm-hmm. um, I think they've done the same across all sports. Actually, I think there was someone that said that all the rugby games that were scheduled for three have all been moved because there was a European Cup rugby game that was rescheduled for a different time. Um, so it's um, FA Cup semi-finals this weekend. So it is. Man City versus Chelsea on Saturday at 5, I think, or 5.30. And then Leicester versus Southampton on Sunday at 6. And then obviously the winners of those will play against each other in the FA Cup Cup final. And fingers crossed, if the League Cup final goes to plan, then there'll be supporters of both. So, fingers crossed, everything all goes to plan. Wonderful stuff. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think I've firmly encouraged people to get involved, get stuck in. Um, drop us a line if you want to. If you want to get on, if you want to talk about your team, if you're a big York City supporter, you know, we encourage you to get involved. Um, there is a, a position open for a uh, for a co-host. Uh, applications are being uh, are being accepted. Uh, you know, go nuts. Uh, so that's it. There we go. Another week done. Another week in the bag. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to look forward to. Fantastic. I'm going to say thank you to our glamorous host, Mr. Paul Williams, for joining me today. I'm going to say thank you to you lovely people, whether you're watching or whether you're listening. Uh, you're making the world a better place, let's face it. Uh, until next week, we will say bye-bye and we will see you then. Bye. So there you go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to look forward to. So, you know, keeps on rolling, keeps on trucking. Uh, I keep saying it, but if you do want to get involved in any way, shape or form, drop us a line and let us know. If you're checking us out on YouTube, do subscribe. Uh, And if you're already a subscriber... Drop us a comment. Uh, And that comment can be, hey, I got you another subscriber by uh, asking friends and family members to to subscribe. If you're just listening along audio-wise, you can still subscribe. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. They all allow subscribers. And uh, and it's, uh, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then. Bye.